Yo! You are now listening to episode four of Let's Be Frank. We got a good one today. Uh, I have my second guest coming on, and we're talking about what it's got to be about. The NFL playoffs, divisional round. Gentlemen, strap it in. We have four great games. A little rundown for you, what we're going to go over. We're going to touch on last week's games, just for a brief moment. Touch on my predictions, how I did, how I didn't do. Um, we're going to go through each game in order for this week, Saturday through Sunday. And I'm just going to touch on what I think the biggest key of the game is. Then I'm going to bring in my special guest. You're not going to want to miss him. He is a treat. And throughout there, we'll go over our picks, our predictions, and any bets that him or I might like. Um, so with that, let's let's look at what we did last week. We ate on Saturday. Please enter the Zeke eating gif. Um, with the Colts beatdown of the Texans in an absolute snooze fest. I mean, it was like it was terrible to watch. It wasn't an issue, and we talked about, you know, keeping Deshaun upright, which really didn't happen throughout. Um, Deshaun was inaccurate. He looked like he had happy feet back there. It just it wasn't very good. You had, you know, Joseph calling T.Y. a clown, and then T.Y. shows up in a clown suit or a mask, and I double down on the Colts because you can't, you can't do this as playoff football. And the Texans have been in, like, five of the worst 10 playoff games, you know, since 1994, my year of birth. Um, they just offensively never show up. Easy lock. And then Dallas, in the night game, they did whatever they wanted to on the ground. Both Dak and Zeke, rushing yard props, went over without the sweat. Um, Seattle kept it close. We said, you know, I talked about Russ. And how he was just not talked about all year. And he had done a phenomenal job. Um, and he kept it close. But unfortunately, they fell short. They were without a kicker for the second half. Um, 24-22. That over went over. Um, just, you know, a great Saturday. And then Sunday, the under did hit in the Chargers-Ravens. We were on the wrong side. Which, it's going to happen. And I just want to touch on... Harbaugh sticking with Lamar and not going with Flacco. It would be tough as a coach to have a Super Bowl MVP on your bench and know that you're going to have to throw the ball because the running attack really wasn't working for them. And Lamar early was, he was flustered. And you could tell from the get that, you know, it's a first playoff game. And it happened with Deshaun too. He was flustered. Um, but I, I think when you made the switch to Lamar in the middle of the season, that was like, okay, this is our guy moving forward. And you already know that the Ravens have every intent of trading Joe away and Harbaugh's come out and he said, I have his back. Joe's had my back all throughout. I'm going to have his back, you know, during this process in that moment, you, it was a future call, but you saw Lamar grow. Like, he he did claw back um, to give them an opportunity to at least be in the game and have a chance. 
it was a little too late, but you, you saw signs of him maturing, and I think that was huge moving forward. Um, but I, I understand if, if people would have said, like, oh, we're not – especially Ravens fans, we're not playing for next year. We're playing for this year. Even with Joe, I don't know if – because Lamar made some plays where he extended – he extended the play. He was getting, you know, pressure. He rolled out and then hit someone, you know, falling away. I don't think Joe makes those throws. And I, I Joe, Joe Flacco, is he elite? Absolutely. Joe Flacco is elite. Guy threw dimes on his way to a Super Bowl. He goes in the, he's the only quarterback who goes into Foxborough consistently and gives Brady and Belichick fits. He's elite. But, and all jokes aside, Joe Flacco's a good quarterback. Harbaugh made the right decision. <sighs> Bears game. Tough. Just it was it was tough. It's even tough tougher with Dick leaving. And I wish him the best in Denver. There's there was no doubt that he was going to get a head coaching job. Um he, he he just deserved it, and I think I think Fangio is going to make a hell of a coach out in Denver. But I, I would have liked to do something a little more this year. Now knowing that Vicky's gone, um, my biggest takeaways you know you you got to get Tariq Cohen more than four touches, and that's been hammered. Um, Foles kind of had all day to throw, and he was lofting the ball up, and Eddie Jackson was nowhere to be found, so that ankle was a little worse than we expected, which is what I feared. But, you know, they they did a great job of neutralizing Mac for the most part, and Hicks had a monster day because of it. Hicks played well, but Mac is the dude, and if you if you neutralize the dude and make other people beat you when you have – you know, one of your best players is on the sideline because he can't go. It's tough. I will say this. I touched on Lamar looking shaky, Watson looking shaky. I'm not a Trubisky guy. I think his ceiling is is low. He's a tremendous athlete. His arm is questionable at best. His accuracy like, when he makes a good throw that other quarterbacks make and, like, no one talks about, he makes that throw, and people are like, holy shit, look at that throw, bro. But if someone else makes that throw, there's, like, 20 other quarterbacks who make that throw in the NFL, they're just like, oh, nice. That's a problem. That's a problem. But, back to my point, Trubisky played his best game of the year by far. By He looked great. Robinson and him had a rapport. They they were on sync. The only problem was not finishing drives. And Parkey hit three field goals that, you know, kept him in it. And then the fourth one came and it got tipped. And he still almost made it. I don't know. We'll see what they do in the offseason. Interested to see. You know, I'm, I think Howard's done. He only had 10 carries in the game. Um, so I'm not sure, but congrats to all the four teams moving on. Now let's go into the next four games. The four teams on by join us 
Um, and we're going to go over the biggest key for each one. And then, like I said, I'll go in-depth a little more with my special guest, Hint. He's joining us from Austin, Texas. So let's jump into it. First game of the weekend. Indianapolis Colts at the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a 335 game on NBC. Supposed to be around 36 degrees come kickoff time. Snow flurries possible. It's going to be cold. So I'm going to focus on Andrew Luck. I think he's the biggest key. Let's look at his stats in 2018. Home and away splits. At home. Andrew, no, can I call him Andrew? We're on the same, we're on a, we're on a first name basis. Andrew is 6-2, 71% completion percentage, 2,413 yards with 21 touchdowns and five interceptions. On the road, he's just 4-4 four and four. with a 64% completion percentage. That's 7% seven worse, seven worse than at home. 2,180 yards, only 18 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. So five more picks and three less touchdowns. But Frank, everyone struggles on the road. It's home crowds. Okay. Let's take it a step further then. In a dome. Let's look at in a dome, home or away. Lux 7-2. 70% completion percentage. 2,000. 812 yards, 23 touchdowns, and 6 INTs. When he plays outside, he is 3-4. 64% completion percentage, down 6%. 1,781 yards. Granted, a game less, over 1,000 yards, less than in a dome. 16 touchdowns and 9 picks. Andrew Luck is a top-class quarterback at home. On the road, when you magnify it with the noise and the weather that's coming at Arrowhead, it could be a long day, especially if they get down early and you force Andrew Luck to throw. I think the Colts have to establish the run and keep that Chiefs offense on the sideline. That's going to be a major key, which also keeps the best part of a bad defense at bay, and that's their pass rush, which is more reason to take the ball out of Luck's hands and run the ball for as long as possible, which allows you to set up play action and allows you to move the pocket, get Luck easy throws, but you have to establish the run game and you have to get a lead if you're the Colts. Moving on to the Dallas game. The Dallas Cowboys on the road. They're playing the Los Angeles Rams a 7-15 kick on Fox. All these times are central. Supposed to be in the high 50s come kickoff, and we know that Los Angeles is not the home field advantage that, say, an Arrowhead is or a Foxborough. I'm going to go to the same key I had last week for Dallas as this week, and it's Feed Zeke. I mean, man, you can name it for every week. When Zeke gets 20 or more carries this year, the Cowboys 7-1. and one. The Rams are dead last in rush defense, giving up 5.1 yards per carry. 
Seattle was at 4.9, so Seattle's run defense was better than the Rams. And he went for 137 yards on 26 carries and caught four balls. Zeke had 30 touches. Zeke had more than 20 carries. The Cowboys won the game. The formula is simple. Feed Zeke. Let's jump to Sunday. Los Angeles Chargers at the New England Patriots. It's a 12.05 kick on CBS. It's supposed to be 25 degrees and windy when it kicks. This is the hardest game for me personally to call. I, I think top to bottom, the Chargers are the better roster. They have the better team, as did the Eagles last year in the playoffs against the Patriots. If you're looking for the last time where the Patriots really weren't the better squad. Now, you have the best coach ever, in my opinion, with two weeks to get his team rested, prepared. I think that narrows the margin down. Playing at home in Foxborough. This one's going to be close. My biggest key is special teams. Bagley, since the Chargers brought him down, brought him on, the kicker, they brought him on for the last 10 games of the regular season. He only missed one field goal. But last Sunday, they had a field goal blocked. They had a punt blocked. And kicking in Foxborough is a totally different animal with those wins. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. New England kickers, punters, used to it. Los Angeles punters, kickers aren't. Let's see how they react. I think that's going to be a key. Watch special teams. Last game of the weekend, Philly. Philly Magic goes to New Orleans. Oh, baby. It's a 340 kick. The game is on Fox. Key matchup is simple. It's Drew Brees, who is the second highest rated quarterback in the NFL behind the probable MVP, Patrick Mahomes, against a depleted secondary who gives who gave up the third most passing yards in the NFL. Drew Brees has never lost a playoff game at home in the Saints uniform. And I say Saints uniform because you stat junkies would jump quick to say that he did lose a home game in a Charger uniform. But he doesn't play for the Chargers now. He plays for the Saints. They play in a dome and it rocks. In the early meeting this year, Breeze went for a mere 22 of 30, 363 yards, and four touchdowns. I don't think even Foles Magic is doing anything to stop that. I mean, the game ended 48 to 7 in the NFL, 41 points. You've got to understand the margin in the NFL is way less than, say, a high school game, a college game, because this is this is there's the pyramid, and this is the top less than 1% of guys in the world who are paid big money to play this game. 41 points? Jim Schwartz, who is the Philadelphia D coordinator, he had his hands full this week trying to figure out how to adjust and throw Breeze off his spot. And he just made Mitch Trubisky look really good. I think you got to get pressure on Breeze. I don't even know if it'll be enough. Those are my keys for each of the game. 
I can't wait for you to meet this guy. He is a character. He's going to be great. Coming up next, my special guest. Okay, guys, I told you I had a special guest coming on. He's been a friend of mine for about 10 years now. If I had to describe him, he is that dude in open gyms where you don't think you need to guard him. And then he hits nothing but net with his first three threes. And you are at a loss for words. He's an ND fan. So all he knows is heartbreak. But he has fantastic smarts in the sports world. Uh, He's a co-founder of the Amateur Hour podcast. That link, their website, will be on the bio of this episode. Please, everyone, give a warm welcome to Mike McNamara. Mike, thanks for coming on, brother. Wow, I've gotten a lot of uh, gotten a lot of intros over the years, folks, but that might be up there with the best of them. Frank and Let's Be Frank fans, it's an honor to, to come on to episode four. Uh, I'm excited, and let's get into it. Perfect. Yeah, so so Mike, let's just, I just want to clarify, I want the people to know who you are. Played football for a little. Yeah. Big basketball guy, recently getting into golf, ran a 5K on a day's notice, like a psycho. Hey, 5K, don't, don't tell me short. That was a half marathon, man. Look at that. He ran a half marathon on a day's notice. So so sports, obviously a big, big part of who you are. What about them keeps you coming back? What do you, what do you want to do in the industry? Just tell us a little about yourself. Let the people know who you are. Sure. So yeah, um, Frank and I have known each other going back to, uh, so Frank's a year older than me. I think we met probably either late my freshman year, his sophomore year, the following year at St. Fighter High School. Um, and I've kind of been friends ever since, um, we're teammates together on the gridiron for a year and the hardwood for one as well. We'll get into that a little bit more later, but in terms of myself and sports, um, I guess from an early age was kind of introduced to him. I had my dad singing the Notre Dame fight song when I was probably about five years old. So I guess I didn't really have a choice but to get into sports. Um, but yeah, I grew up, grew up loving playing. I'm watching them football, basketball, baseball were always kind of the big three for me as a kid. Um, played them throughout uh, grade school and then up until my sophomore year of high school played all three and then for the varsity career kind of made the decision to go the basketball route and that's when Frank and I were teammates my junior year his senior on the uh, 25 and 4 and in my opinion the best in history St. Ryder basketball varsity team um, and a, a little tidbit about that before I get into more um, Frank was Frank was hurt with an ACL from football for most of that year, so he was he obviously couldn't play. So he and I was as a junior behind two really good big guys. I didn't see much time, so we we like to think of ourselves as kind of the two, I guess, kings of the bench mafia. That team pretty much sat next to each other um, every game. We're getting on refs, we're barking at players near us, whatever it may be. So that's kind of where our friendship blossomed, and then obviously. Um, have, have continued the, the love for him and throughout college and on and now. Um, 
as as Frank mentioned earlier, uh, I do a podcast with three other guys centered around golf and the PGA Tour. I've gotten to that more in the later years, and you know I'm always always down for a, a pickup basketball game, a golf round. That's been a, a recent love that I've kind of gotten into, and and whatever it may be. So, yeah, sports has always been a a key part of my life and a passion, and I don't see that changing anytime soon, guys. Yeah, I, I, I'm telling you guys, you need to check out um, the Amateur Hour podcast. And like I said, that link will be in the bio of this episode. Mike, the kind words, I appreciate them. We've had fantastic times on the hardwood and course together, and there's going to be more. And we could be sentimental for hours. We'll save that for beers later yes. on we'll you in Austin. We'll or, say that for beers and Rolling Meadows, Jim. Perfect. Perfect. Let's get to the nitty-gritty, what the people want. Let's start with the Colts and the Chiefs. Um, that line is the Chiefs are favored by five and a half. The over-under is 57. What do you see here panning out? Were you, I mean, are you? do you give the Colts any chance? Well, I guess first that question, absolutely. Um when I was told that we were going to be talking divisional round playoffs, I was excited because I, you know, I'm excited for these four games, and I think that they all could be very good games. But starting off with this one, um, I absolutely give the Colts a chance. I think it's it's probably one of the best, if not the best, story in the NFL right now. This team was one in five, left for dead. There were people um, talking about this team as a potential top three pick in the draft. They go and run off, I believe, nine of ten to finish at ten and six. Um, you know, they blew out Dallas, bunch of great wins, and then they go into the, a division rival's house last week, and that game was pretty much wrapped up in the second quarter. I mean, that was domination. Uh, you've always known that these Colts teams to have good offenses, but I, I think their defensive coordinator has done one hell of a job. That defense is playing at an elite level. And I think there could be a little bit of of nerves on the side of Kansas City. I think this is a game that is destined to come down in the fourth quarter. I think I think Andy Luck, um, he's in a great frame of mind right now. This is about as calm as I've ever seen him. That defense will get stops. I got I got an upset in this one, folks. I got the the Colts pulling it out in Arrowhead late, twenty eight twenty four. So I, from a gambling perspective, I think the move is to take the Colts and the points here. I think not only do they get inside the number, they win this football game outright. Wow, I'll say this: the job that that DC has done with the youth of that defense has been superb. Right, superb. I. I, I, I'm going to disagree with Mike here. I think I got I got the Chiefs winning a close one. I do agree with you that the Colts get in the number. I, I think – I do agree also that Luck is in a great state of mind. I just need to see him perform outside the dome. And I haven't seen it yet, so I can't go with you the full way. What do you yeah, think – What do you, quickly, what do you think of Mahomes' year? Is it – is it the is it the weapons? Is it both? Uh, I mean, there's a part of me that feels like, and this is not to take anything away from Mahomes, because obviously he's had one whale of a, a uber talented. Year. 
but there's a part of it that almost feels a little bit too good to be true. I think you got to give a lot of credit to Andy Reid. you got to give a lot of credit to the weapons and, and to Mahomes itself. But I just think that sometimes playoff football can be a different animal. And I think he's I don't not not to say he's not prepared for what's to come on Saturday, but I think it's gonna be it's the honeymoon unbelievable regular season. I think he I think he'll play pretty well, but I think he'll make a few mistakes and I think that the Colts D will get to him a little bit. I, I think he'll play I find it great how he'll play, I'd probably put he'll play around a B game and uh, and that won't be good enough due to Andrew Luck making a play or two late. Well, you heard it here first, folks. I think I'm pretty sure you're the first person that I've heard giving the Colts a chance. So I love it. I'm, I'm going to ride the hot hand. This team has been this team's been on an unbelievable run, and I don't think it ends Saturday. I think they got one more in them. I love it. Okay, let's move. Let's move west. The Cowboys go to Los Angeles. The spread is seven over under forty nine and a half. I, this is my upset special. I think the Cowboys go to Los Angeles and win. What say you? Wow. Well, I, first off, I want to say that I would—I don't know this for a fact, but I would love to venture that there wasn't a happier man outside of a Philadelphia fan than Sean McVay to see that Cody Parkey field goal hit the post and not go in. I think—I don't think Sean McVay wanted any part of that Chicago Bears team. I think. What do you he, mean? He can—he can. He can he can name every starter. Doesn't that make him elite? Apparently so to some, but I mean, I think he, in his press conference after the, the Bears beat him 15-6 in the regular season, he said, wow, that was humbling as a coach. I don't think he wanted any part of a rematch, even if it was in L.A. I think that McVay, obviously, and this isn't anything against Dallas, that's another team that's been playing great on both sides of the ball. Uh, but I think in this game, I have the Rams taking it. I think from a betting perspective, I'm, I'm, I don't have a huge hunch one side or the other because I do think Dallas Dallas will keep this close. And with the way they're playing, I mean, on the defensive side of the ball, they're going to be pretty much in every game. I think a lot of people have backed off this Rams team due to a, a little bit of a, a downswing in the way they played to close the year. But I think McVay will have these guys ready. I think Goff plays well. I actually have this one coming in as a push. I got... 34-27 Rams, a little bit more. So I'll be on the over as well, a little bit more high scoring than many think. I think Dak battles, Zeke plays well, but I got the Rams pulling this one out right around the number. So not a huge not a huge lean on the side, but I do think the Rams move on. Okay, and I'll add one more. I, I mentioned it earlier before you came on. I love any Zeke over rushing props. The Rams are dead last in rush defense, giving up 5.1 yards per carry. He hit it last week. I think he hits it again. And I like the boys, and I like them late. I, I think I, I do like the over, too. I think it's something like 28-27, something close. Um, yeah, I think and I'm that, not going to argue with that boys pick, really. I, I give – We'll get into the rest later, but I give the all four hundred eggs a slight chance in this game. So I mean, I could definitely see Dallas going in there winning, but I think I think the Rams pulling out late. Yeah, I think that cup injury. I know it's been showing just the way that golf plays, but I think it really means something to them. 
I think it shows yeah. here, and I think the Cowboys are on a roll to go with your your Colts theory. I'm going to use it here with the boys. Okay, let's move to Sunday. I, this is my favorite game of the weekend because I have no idea. The Chargers travel east again, but this I, – I understand Baltimore's tough, but this is Foxborough. Yeah, this is – this is also the game I'm most excited for. Uh, I was telling people, as a Bears fan, we won't get into last week much, but as a Bears fan, once they were eliminated, I was hot all in on the, the Philly Rivers wagon. Yeah. Uh, this is a guy I've always liked. I've always respected the hell out of his passion. And I think, quite frankly, he knows Father Time's right around the corner. He knows this very well. Maybe his last swan song, he's going to get flat on everything. Um, and I'm very excited to see him go at up against, obviously, Belichick and Brady, and Brady, two of the greatest ever. This is a game I'm flat out pumped to watch. Um, I think the turnover battle will be huge in this one because I expect a, a grinded out, not low scoring, but you know, points will be at a premium. This is a, this is one of those games where a special teams play here and there. Every little thing matters. But I think, and this is going to surprise a lot of people, I know Rivers is 0-7 against Brady. But I'm picking both dogs in the AFC games. I have the Chargers pulling this one out 24-21 on a Michael Badgley kick. Philip Rivers keeps the dream of a Super Bowl alive and finally beats Brady. That's my pick. Okay, I lo- the spread for those people, it's it's minus four and the over-under is 47. So I- I'm on I'm on the under and I'm I'm gonna I'm on the Chargers. So I guess what we we agree on those two then is that those might might add up to hundred points as well. So and I have the exact same amount of points as you, but it's the other way and it's Gaskowski late. That's I I'm not surprised by that given I've always kind of been a Rivers guy and you've always obviously been a Tom guy. That so I mean it sounds like we both think it'll be a similar type of game and and that will be you know a great. Great, great game to watch. I think I think what it's going to come down to, I think it's going to be the possessions are going to be short. Not short per se, but um, in terms of quantity, there's going to be a little of them for both teams. The Chargers move slow. The Patriots are going to run right. the ball because Belichick's a genius, and you can run the ball on the Chargers. Um, I have a quick question for, for the listeners out there. I'm a huge Brady guy, and Mike is a Rivers guy, but he was also a big Manning guy. I, when I was thinking about this game, it it feels like with Father Time coming down, I'm like, hmm, this feels like a Foxborough. Man, it has like a Manning Brady feel to it, almost, D- doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. That, that's a good. That's a good um, comparison, especially the most recent one in which I think it was at Mile High, where Denver plays where. I think guys, Denver pulled it out. It was the year they ended up winning the Super Bowl, Manning's final year. Um, and I think Gostowski actually missed a, a PAT or maybe a big kick in that one. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, it does feel similar. Uh, Rivers obviously isn't quite as you know hobbled and, and old as Peyton was, <laughs> then, but um, but he's also not a guy. I mean, he's had plenty of years where they haven't been a playoff team, so this is kind of. This just kind of feels like this is that one final chance for him. And, um, you know, as a guy that's always been a very solid regular season and numbers guy and has taken some heat for lack of uh, production in the postseason, he's had his moments, but not a ton. 
this feels like an opportunity to, you know, once and for all get rid of that narrative and, and go do something special. I agree, 100%. Um, it should be a good game either way. We both agree there. Okay, last game. And I know earlier you said you think all four dogs have a shot. Well, let me, it's Philly at New Orleans. Spread is eight. New Orleans minus eight. The over-under is 15 and a half. Yo, I see blowout. I see another blowout. Well, we agree that this. we both have the Saints moving on. Um, I, I, I'm picking the two dogs in the AFC and the two favorites in the NFC to set up what will be a hell of a showdown between uh, the Rams and the Saints. But I think something about this whole Foles magic thing and, and how this Philly team has all of a sudden risen to the occasion, I see them getting off to a good start. Um, I see them taking the lead through the first quarter. And then that's where I kind of see the tide turning and the, the better team coming out. Because I, I do believe New Orleans is simply the better football team as a whole. I think Breeze gets in rhythm. Your boy, Michael Thomas, makes a big player too. Mm. And I think I have this game about 27-17, maybe a little 31, I'll go 31-21 as um, my final number. So not a huge lean one way or the other on the spread. Um, gun to head, I'd probably roll with the Saints. But I do think Philly hangs in there early. They just, I, I just see them with too much magic and belief right now to just get flat out run out of the stadium. But I think eventually the better team um, comes out. And as I said earlier, that would set up a one hell of a battle between the, the Saints and the Rams in the in the uh, championship round. Yeah, I'm not I'm not actually off by much you score. I'm gonna go thirty eight seventeen, which is way less than the forty eight to seven, you know, whooping New Orleans put on Philly earlier this year. I wanna All ask right. I wanna ask you this and I agree that it's it's close early. I think it's like fourteen ten early and then I think there's a, a turnover and New England scores, makes it 21-10, and, and then it's just a dog race from there. I want to ask you this. If it's closer than that, let's say Foles plays well and it's close. Mm-hmm. You're the GM of the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you do with yeah. Nick Foles? I mean, in my opinion, at some point you got to look at what this guy's done two years in a row now on the biggest stages, and this isn't – this isn't to take anything away from Carson Wentz, but I mean, it's not like he's he's been very solid. I mean, particularly last year, but at this point, you got to think he's a little bit injury prone, and he's not. I mean, he's not a guy that jumps off it to me. It jumps out to me as you know the next ten year ten year superstar. I mean, he's very good, smart kids can make all the throws, but. I don't know that I've seen enough from him to where if Foles could do this two years in a row, where I'd, I'd be wanting to get rid of Foles because this is, I mean, this guy's making big time plays in hostile environments seemingly every week now. So at that point, at some point, you got to give this kid a, do this guy a look for the long term. Yeah, I. What are your thoughts? You know, I don't. I my thoughts are in this scenario. I'm glad. I'm sitting at home doing a podcast with you and not signing the checks for the big boys. I really I really don't know. It just seems like Foles has that locker room. It seems like the players, when he comes in, something switches. And you're right, the biggest stage, he just 
he performed because they were basically in playoff mode since what week week since what? that game since that game in LA, which was I think week fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so and he's just come in and produced and produced. Um, it'd be tough. What is from- the uh, what is the exact contract situation of Foles? Um, that's a great question. I believe he's up this year. Okay. Um, so you have to. Then I, I would think that if you if you want, if you make the decision that you want to bring Foles back, I guess you got to try and then leverage what once in some sort of a trade to improve the, the rest of the team. I right, like that. That seems like it's a. Uh, it's probably the the right move. Yeah, he's up. He's up this year. He has a uh, looks like there's a potential out in 2019. I think that's player um, a player decision. Yeah. So, so if you're gonna have to pay him, then I think you gotta then look to shop once in some capacity. But that'll, as you said, I'm glad I'm not the guy that has to make that decision. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. Well. Um, Hey guys, Mike McNamara, please remember to look at the bio, um, co-founder, Amateur Hour Podcast. He's going to be a, a frequent guest on this show, especially for all things sports. Uh, Mike, I appreciate you. Love you, brother. Thanks for coming on. Frank, thanks for having me. Let's be frank fans. Keep following this thing. It's only going to get bigger. I think this has a ton of potential to it, and I like that there's already been a little bit of some bachelor talk in there. I like the fact that this thing's going across the board, multiple genres. I'll be tuning in as a frequent listener. And I know Frank will be making all his playoff picks down the road. So I don't want to spoil any of his, but since this will probably be my last NFL appearance, I'm going with the, the Los Angeles chargers and Phillip rivers to win the super bowl. Cheers guys. And thanks for having me on. Cheers, Mike. How lucky am I, man? I mean, the the two guests I've had have been unbelievable. That was great with Mike. Um, he he is a phenomenal character, great friend, and knows his stuff, man. He knows his sports stuff. He looks into this, and uh, he he loves he loves basketball, football, golf, baseball. He's a Sox fan, which is tough. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe they sign Machado over the next couple of days and it's tough for us Cubs fans because we're not really doing much right now. A little off topic there, but, again, Mike McNamara, um, thanks, brother. Thanks for coming on. That's all I got for this week. The I, I'm excited. All four games should be good. Like I said, that Chargers-New England game, I think that'll be a great one. I think that'll come down to the wire. And Tony Rome is going to be on the call. So uh, that that should be, you know, I don't know, Jim! Something like that. Basically the same thing. I'm signing off. Next one of these will be Bachelor Episode 2. I'm excited. I need some more Demi in my life. I need some Hannah B. And I need some Colton. Okay, guys. Signing off. Thanks for listening. Appreciate all the listeners and all the feedback that I've gotten. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, hopefully we keep this, uh, keep this thing rolling. Peace.